0: Massage therapy is used by millions of people who want to feel better and live better. Get back to doing what you love. Visit AYAMassageCDA.com to schedule your appointment.
1: Abandon your aches massage. Relief. Relax. Refresh. In recent weeks, we have discussed the importance of giving of yourself as well as being yourself in your business. This is more true now than ever before. With the lockdown in the early stages of loosening its grip throughout America, small businesses are having to look to different ways of gaining back the attention of the consumer or face possibly closing their doors. Since the creation of the always evolving social media, it's becoming more and more clear that small business has to get their message out in a more human way. On Thursday, in an ingredients episode, we will talk with Mark Schaefer, a true human centered marketing expert. Mark says Technology has created new ways to help customers discover, share, and discuss their favorite products. In fact, most of our marketing is occurring without us through shares on social platforms. Today, the customers are the marketing department. We can't buy our way into these conversations. We have to earn our way in with a new business approach that appeals to constant human truths. Business of the past were built on advertising impressions. Today, they are built on human impressions that help customers believe, belong, and find meaning. Today, Ed and I will dig deeper into what human-centered marketing really means and some ways to implement it into your business marketing strategies on this episode of The Business Buffet. Welcome to The Business Buffet podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Hello and welcome again to another episode of the Business Buffet Podcast. My name is Phil Anderson. Sitting across the table from me is my good friend, Ed Bejarana. Ed, how's it going? It is going great. And, you know, actually, for the first time, I am sitting
0: across the table (laughs) from you.
1: Well... Early on, we did... Well, I get, no, we had two different desks. Dude. We had different desks. Yes, okay. this is a table. This is a table. Like, if I knock on the table, you would feel it. Right. That's right. right. Yeah, you'd hit my knees. <laughs> it's not a big table. <laughs> <laughs> so, things are going well. A Mother's Day was just a couple of days ago. Absolutely. And uh I have to ask, uh-huh. what'd you cook up? Well, well, nothing. My mom's dead. Yeah, but, you know, come on. Kay is still... Mother children, yeah, but not my children. Oh boy, <laughs> she even says that. <laughs> okay, did you cook something on Sunday? Of course I. Okay, could. let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this it's is almost a prerequisite buffet. It's almost a prerequisite. I have it. to bring up food. What food did you prepare? I prepared a ribeye, oh, ribeye,
0: man. potato, and corn. I love my starches.
1: Nice. So, do you barbecue ribeye? I do. How do you prepare it?
0: A little salt and pepper, just straight salt
1: and pepper. We do a little soy sauce with a little uh, olive oil and, and cracked pepper. Let it kind of marinate for, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, half hour, 45 that's, minutes. And, that's good. Yep. And uh, I had to actually, uh, bought a steak the other day, and all of them were like one inch. i like, do you got a little thicker steak? So he cut me an inch and a half. There you go. Oh, my God. It was really good. Now,
0: how do you cook that? Do you cook it right on the fire? Or? I do, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I, I, I prefer that. I've got it down to a kind of an, a, a science a uh, couple minutes, maybe three minutes each side. The first side, I do a little twist and give it the, you know, char grill look, the cross, cross hatch. And then the other side is maybe three, four, depending on the on the thickness. Have a little music playing out there and uh, bring it in. Let it rest for, I don't know. Happy times. Four or five minutes and, and then cut it up and eat it. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We're going to go have lunch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh that went a little longer than I thought, but it was fun. Uh, it's been interesting this, this whole lockdown thing and quarantine as it's taken effect. We've been seeing commercials from big business that were pivoting really quickly. And I, and I have been really impressed. To be honest with you, some big companies with big marketing dollars—they have pivoted really, really quickly. They were taking a very human approach through this whole thing. It was actually quite impressive uh corporations and companies that historically aired really boring commercials were aiming for the heart and the emotion of the, the viewers um do businesses in this question for you Ed, do businesses need to be more human-centered in their marketing strategies uh and if so why what's that c word commercials commercials
0: where, yeah where do you see commercials who watches commercials
1: well uh some people still do we've got now youtube tv and i can zip through those pretty quick that's right we direct tv everything yeah 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 but when we were seeing those there were big companies that were pivoting really quickly saying we're still open we'll do curbside we want to see your face we you know we can't see you and and the
0: the sarcastic response was actually a lead-in to the answer uh, people are not watching commercials anymore. They're, it used to be that the information we received came from two primary sources, one of the three networks on the TV or the newspaper. Mm, that's, that's right. That was it. Now, there was some magazines, but those does fall into newsprint. Um, t- now TV doesn't really count because people just blow by them. And newspaper? When was the last time... I mean, you and I, we're old guys. But even I don't subscribe to the newspaper. I do it all digitally. Everything is digital now. So if, if we eliminate the only two means that people have used over the last 150 years, mm-hmm. well, well, 75 years with TV, of reaching people through the commercial medium, the answer to your question is, yeah, we have to become human-centered. We, we have to look at people as the vehicle for carrying our marketing message.
1: It, it's funny you say that because it does seem like the the, the more, and, and marketing evolves like everything, but it seems like the more um, the marketing and sales technology has been used to connect with customers, they're tuning us out. It's a bunch of white noise. It's constant barrage of telling clients and customers how great of a, Service and product they have, and people just tune them out. And as attempts are made to understand that new modern buyer, a critical factor is just understanding the reshaped behavior is driven by the forces of digital economy, understanding how buyers interact with people and businesses. It's become really essential to modern marketing success, and this is where the whole human-centered approach to modern marketing and content design can have a major impact. And as the name implies, the core element of human-centered approach is putting the human customer and buyer at the the center of design and modern marketing. Now, I use the the term human-centered, and there's also uh, uh, customer-centric. The difference between those two. You want to go into that at all? Sure. Customer centric was the
0: original shift. Mm-hmm. When we look at cases like McDonald's, McDonald's, when they started out in the 40s, they uh, they had 14 restaurants when when uh, uh, Ray Kroc took over the uh, the franchise development and within a year they had hundreds of restaurants and their marketing budget had grown significantly um by the 80s they had twelve thousand restaurants and their commercial was i forget the forget the i wasn't have it any way you want it um I forget the name of their commercial. Well, well I,
1: But I can tell you it had to do with the Big Mac, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. to Tual all beef, beef patty, patty, special, special sauce, sauce, lettuce, lettuce cheese, cheese pickles, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun.
0: That was the <laughs> most successful advertising campaign in the history of the world. Isn't that amazing? That and yet, then you go fast forward to 2006, and McDonald's is in serious, serious trouble. They ran a campaign, their first social networking campaign, and it was a total flop. In fact, look up the hashtag McPhail. (laughs) And it was a very tiny percentage of people who hijacked the campaign, but that tiny little percentage of people redefined the entire company, turned a multi-billion dollar company upside down, and, and really set them back a decade. Um, It wasn't until just recently that McDonald's actually recovered from that. But in 2006, that was the very first year that McDonald's showed a loss. That's
1: amazing. No one would really even figure that, would they?
0: No, and it was because they didn't look at a customer-centric approach. They were not preparing their material for what customers were going to do with that information. I mean, you look at we talked early on, there were two means of reaching people with our commercials, television and newspapers. Mm -hmm. And then the internet comes along and now there's new ways that are still being adopted the way I mean, I started out in the internet used you, you and I both, we were young, young men, but we were there at the beginning of the commercial Mm -hmm. internet. Yeah. It wasn't very friendly. There wasn't a lot of people using the World Wide web and, As a result, it wasn't really adopted, but get towards the late 90s. Google comes in play in 1996 and revolutionizes the search engine. By 2000, the internet now has some legitimacy and some legs, so people start creating content for that new audience, and that was the key to customer-centric marketing, was the advent of additional content channels. You had blogging, Mm -hmm. you had podcasting. You had, um, it was a variance of podcasting. It was using an RSS feed. We had new mediums by which information could be distributed directly to the customer. It still hadn't gotten to the point where now the customer could take that message and turn it around and make it their own. So customer-centric marketing is the one way dissemination of knowledge through all of the new mediums television youtube podcasting radio newspaper magazine lots of different blogs all of these yep. different platforms that people put, put their message it customer centric is based around the idea what is your customer using in their daily life
1: market it there it's um it it's you talk about the evolution, right? Uh, when radio, when TV came along and all the companies said, no, one's gonna, no <laughs> one's gonna watch TV, the first cigarette company that puts that commercial on TV, they used their radio spot for the audio and a picture of the name of the cigarette. I can't remember the the, the brand. It
0: was either Lucky or Palm yeah, yeah, something
1: like that. Just a picture that you can just see how this evolves. And of course, then it took off, right? Because people learn the platform. You you talk about just knowing what your customers, and your clients want Uh, to use this sort of strategy in marketing. You must first gain that access to your target markets, human centric insights, right? Listen, empathize with, with what their real-life struggles are and and buying motives are and develop a human-centered approach that truly connects your business to your market. It reminds me of a a story that I read while doing the research for this. There was a large tech company in, in Mountain View, California, that had coffee mugs for their employees that said, I am not my target audience, as a daily reminder. We sometimes think in our businesses, what. Our, our our customer, our client—that's that's me, and it's it's sometimes true, but boy, rare is that the fa- the the fact, right? I gotta disagree
0: with you a little bit here. It's a starting point. Yeah, we know ourselves the best. So uh, when we look at traditional marketing, go pre customer centric, we go back to you know when this was uh, basically slam based mm-hmm. advertising. We, we hired one of the big ad, ad agencies. And there was about a dozen of them. Most of them were in New York. There was one in L.A., one in San Francisco. Um, and we went to them and said, we want to reach married 35 to 42, two and a half children. Uh, he's unhappy in the marriage. Uh, he's a womanizer. We gave him all of these perimeters. And unfortunately, yes, those were the perimeters that were being, mm-hmm. being given to these ad agencies. And then the ad agencies took it from there. The customer no longer had control of that message. They had final approval. They still wrote the check for the ad. But that was, in essence, how the advertising worked. Leave it up to the professionals. Customer-centric changed that, and it empowered the business owner to get closer to the client. And what they tried to do in the beginning, and this is when I entered in the field. Right, I came in in the in the mid to late 80s where people was were looking at the internet and its potential with all of these new customer opportunities ways to distribute our message instead of printing a tri-fold brochure and spending thousands of dollars on the printing and distribution we can put up a web page and and get pretty much the same thing and I'm the engineer in the back saying I don't think so it's not the same experience right so As the information gets closer to the business owner, the business owner is left with trying to figure out who is the target customer. And they get lost. I always tell my customers, let's first start with you. You are an ideal representation of your perfect customer. And then we branch out from there. Because the biggest challenge that a business owner runs into is accepting the fact that we segment our market when we're marketing. We don't send out an advertising to 338 million people in America. Right. Your business can only handle a couple of hundred new customers, and you figure there's a a 10% ratio that you're going to have to talk to in order to get those 200 customers. So you got to reach 2,000 people.
1: That's a far cry from the $330 That's right.
0: So why would you run a campaign that's costing tens of millions of dollars when you can run a campaign to go to the right 2,000 people? And it is really difficult for a small business person to grab that idea that, no, your customer is not everybody.
1: It is tough. We actually did a whole episode about that. It just isn't everybody, right? Um, So businesses sometimes... You know, in an effort to try to become more uh, customer-centric or human-centered in their marketing, right, they don't have a lot of time. So they go through these automated steps of trying to mimic this personal contact or connect. they're, They're super stretched to the limits in their lack of time, right? And so... It's like they they write it once, set it up for automation, forget about it. In social media, I actually see it all the time. Business set up automated responses, uh, share a post with, without comment. They'll do this on Facebook. They'll just share a post, no comment, no anything. Just share the post, pop-up ads. Uh, nobody likes pop-up ads. I've been told over and over, yeah, but they work. So where's a business supposed to go with that, right? How about the god-awful bots? You know, they can't possibly predict every conversation, right? Uh, all that stuff. You know, it's interesting, too, when we talk about the, the bots, they, they try to predict the questions potential customers have and have an immediate answer for them if it was, if it was only that easy, but it's not. Our businesses are complicated. There is a, a very in-depth uh, process to answer many of these questions, yeah, uh, so a lot, of course, these things are done because they literally don't have the time to do, do it right, but they feel like they need to do them because that's what they've been told. And sadly, often they're just too lazy to do them right. Uh, Forrester Consulting discovered 65% of marketers struggle to employ emotional marketing as they turn to automation to improve customer engagement. It just, it's it's really, really sad. So, Ed, you know, looking at some of the different projects you've taken on over the years in in your opinion how much of the automation issue been a problem that you had to fix in almost every case is that right in in a
0: business that's a startup brand new right from the get-go it's a mental transition there's no fortunately there's no cost there's no existing advertising infrastructure that i have to overcome or delete or throw away Mm -hmm. but a business that's been around a while Automation, it comes in a lot of different forms. It, it's oftentimes uh, in an unsophisticated, un-technologically sophisticated business. Uh, they, a process, yeah, call the graphics gal, here's her phone number, and uh, just have her update the last brochure. Right, That's a form of automated marketing. Yeah. And does it work? They wouldn't keep using the graphic artist if it didn't have a monicum of success some
1: stickiness yeah yeah.
0: so it's not completely bad however that graphic designer isn't working in the business on a day-to-day basis right so that graphic designer is simply going to follow the instruction that is update the content with this new information they might get a message like let's create a new brochure in which case the graphic designer is going to do their job and go through a demographic profile but even then we run into another form of automation right they go with the same demographic profile as before. And if you're not looking at your target client persona on an annual basis, you're missing the boat because every single year we get older and new people come into the market, old people go off the market, they go out of our industry. Yeah. And that automation of just same old, same old, uh, I'll give you an example. Millennials are born 1980 to... Roughly two thousand, somewhere around there, give or take. Yep. Um, uh, in fact, I'm doing a, a an episode on millennials on my other podcast, mm-hmm. "Conservatives Guide to American Politics." Listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. And on there, <laughs> I I highlight some of the supposed myths that you know millennials are narcissistic, lazy, self absorbed. Um, you know, what, what was the quote from Bob's book? Uh, give me some heat and then I'll give you some wood. Yeah. Right. Uh, that, <laughs> that describes a millennial to a T
1: and yet there are positives of millennials. A- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For and, sure. And in my podcast, I yeah, highlight those exactly. as well.
0: But if you're going with the same demographic profile, those millennials now are in it and they're a different person. Yep. They're not like you and me, you know, they're, you know, come from the boomer into the, Boomer, beginning of the the Gen Xers, right? Uh, we are different people
1: than our kids <laughs> by a bunch. I mean, experiences. It's it's again life evolution. It's and it happens in business too. It, it evolves. So we, yeah. so yeah. If your process of creating
0: marketing material for people is automated, in that yeah, the target profile hasn't changed. That's a form of automation that I always have to fix. Because when I come in, I'm looking at who is closing deals. What I say is, is let's start with your accounting system. I don't want to look at your last brochure. Honestly, I don't care what your last brochure looks like. It's probably wrong. It might be right. (laughs) I want to go to your accounting system. I want you to print me out a report of your customer sales detail and sort it by most profitable first. Sort it by highest value at top. We're going to go through the top 10 customers that you have and you're going to tell me all about them. What kind of car they drive, what kind of dog they have, how long they've been married, do they cheat on their spouse, what kind of drink do they drink.
1: You're really drilling deep. I've got to know this stuff. Absolutely. So what you're describing there is just knowing the customer. It's knowing them really, really well, right? And that's where we talk about human-centered marketing. It really requires empathy because it puts the customer's experience at the center of all of our marketing and sales efforts it begins with understanding our customers perspectives desires motivations so we're relating to them as humans and not just objects we're merely trying to convert that line right there not objects, we're merely trying to convert. That's right back to transactional mindset, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so that is something that this is, we're not talking about that. That is a result of becoming more human centered in your approach to marketing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then talk about some steps you, the small business owner, can take to market in a more human centered way. Joe with F1
0: for Help is fond of saying we clean windows, but we aren't janitors. F1 for Help offers a variety of services ranging from a standard you break we fix on site or at our office. We have a maintenance service where we come in on a schedule to maintain your computers. We manage services where, for a flat monthly fee, we take over your computer support. Are you looking to learn? We also offer training classes covering a variety of topics. Our newest offering is computer and network monitoring services. If you have any questions about the services F1 for Help offers, please give us a call at 208-687-0183. At F1 for Help, we clean windows,
1: but we aren't janitors. Welcome back. As the winds of change continue to accelerate in the new digital economy, business-to-business companies are faced with the challenge of how to understand the modern buyer of today. The question of how to connect with individual users, customers, and buyers will remain the supreme challenge. Gaining insight into this pressing challenge will require modern marketers to connect on a human level and to incorporate a human-centered approach. Now, one question I would ask small business owners is, are you focusing on the customer journey or the sale? So, Ed, we're still a young podcast. And this is, I believe, episode 85. But if anyone has listened to even a handful of our podcasts, they would know this is a philosophy that we both agree on. Last week, you said if money wasn't an issue, you wouldn't even work. You would only volunteer. What we've been talking about lately is doing business at a very human level, giving without expectation of receiving, and today market at a very human-centered level. Because the trend has been shifting to a more personal approach, that makes consumers feel as if companies actually care about their specific wants and needs. This is known as human-centric marketing, and it it can benefit businesses in many ways. So, three ways it can benefit. One, it identifies new areas for growth. Now, in order to implement a human-centric approach to your marketing, you need to delve into the psyche the psyche of your customers and clients. This is the only way you can accurately identify what their needs are how, they are, how they perceive whether you're meeting or not meeting them, and what they would like to do to better service those elements. Done right, this can be a goldmine of insights that you can use then to identify areas to, um, to focus and develop your pro- products and services. So, identify it, it identifies new areas of growth. It also will boost customer-client satisfaction. Now, there's no way to develop an effective human-focused uh, marketing plan without soliciting information from your existing consumer group. Ed, you mentioned that not too long ago. Is just talk with your Customers, your clients find out what they want, right? Yeah, you, know, you start with
0: your assumptions, and then yeah, focus group. Um, take them out to dinner.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, talk at a very human level. Go figure, right? But here's the great thing about those surveys and questionnaires: if you prevent them, or if you present them the right way, you can also make your customers feel wanted because they feel as if you're validating their their cares and concerns, and that makes them feel wanted and valued. So it boosts customer client satisfaction. It also elevates your brand. Uh, We're going to talk about branding here in the next couple weeks, uh, but branding has become such a buzzword in marketing circles because it's a key element in how your company distinguishes itself from the competition. So what does it mean in relation to a customer-centric marketing approach? Well, it means that if you focus on the customer experience at every level of the buying process, you can actually elevate your branding because positive customer perception will increase exponentially. Uh, what do companies such as Zappos, Google, Apple, Amazon, and Costco all have in common? They make more money than I do. That is absolutely true. And they have something else in common. They got a lot of customers. Yeah, they do, and they consistently really rank high in that customer satisfaction surveys that they send out. And have be- they've become trusted brands because they do everything in their power to service customers. Ed, even if it means losing money on a transaction, does that make any sense whatsoever? Absolutely. It does. But you know what? It's kind of contraindicated or contra, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Counterintuitive. Counterintuitive. Thank you. Uh, it is counterintuitive. It's like, what do you mean I'm going to lose money on this transaction? You talk a lot about the life like. Uh, the lifetime value of Life, a customer. Exactly.
0: And that's what they are looking at. They're looking at, okay, if they're going to buy a $10 bag of chips and they thought the bag of chips was $8 and your cost is $8.75, you sell them the bag of chips at $8 because that's what they assumed it was going to be. And they proved that they had an advertisement that said it was only going to be $8. Right. So you take a hit because that customer is going to keep coming back. But if you stick to your guns and say, nope, it's $10. <laughs> that dollar and 25 cent uh, error is going to cost you millions of dollars because that's not the only person that got that advertisement. So you're going to lose a customer for life because they're going to go somewhere else. And I have to be truthful here. I've done that. I've gone to them and said, no, here's the advertisement that said that this was 35% off. Now, true story when I bought my drum set, I. <laughs> I went to the doctor. This was after my heart surgery, and I, w- I was at the doctor, and he said, you know, you're going to have to lose some weight. I said, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stating the obvious. Uh, you know, I just for once would like to go to a doctor that says, oh, God, you're not heavy enough. <laughs> <laughs> so so he said, so what do you like to do? I said, well, you know, I, he says, can you walk? I said, well, not much. He says, well, what did you do as a kid? He says, well, I was a professional musician. Oh, really? What would you play? The drums. Very active instrument. Oh, he says, well, boy, that's a lot of exercise, yeah. right? Yeah, we'll play drums. I said, I don't, I don't have a drum set at home. We'll go buy one. I actually said it. Can I get a prescription? Nice. So I walked out of that Insurance doctor's office. I that. called my wife, and I said, the doctor just told me to go buy a drum set. She says, okay. So I went down to the store. Now, I want an electric kit. I wasn't going to get something that's just going to drive my wife crazy. So I, I went to a guitar center there in... Clackamas Oregon, And I walked in, and it was a great kid was helping me out. And they they had three kits. And it, I knew it was going to be one of these three kits. It wasn't my first time looking at them. And I saw the kit in the middle was on sale. So I played it for a while and I said, you know what? I'll take this kit. This is the one I want. So okay, perfect. We'll we'll get it out of the storage and we'll bring it in and you can pick it up tomorrow. So I came back tomorrow and I'm ready to pay for it and the
1: price was
0: like $900
1: more expensive. There you go. And I said... um, And we'll talk about bait and switch in another episode. (laughs) I said, but
0: the price, it's $900 more than what the sign said. And the guy says, oh, somebody probably just rearranged the sign. I was, well, it wasn't just the sign. I talked to the sales guy. He confirmed it. Right? And I looked to the kid, and he said, yeah, that's what I told him. So the store manager said, okay, and gave me my price. That's a loss. They took a loss oh, on that drum set. It's a huge loss, but it's also something they had to do. They had That is to, the right thing to do. They could have stuck to their guns, but you know what? They would, Everything that I buy, I buy from them. I have spent tens of thousands of dollars at Guitar Center because that guy stepped up to the plate and did what was right. And when you look at Costco and all of these stores, Zappo, well, Zappo, I don't know, Apple, Amazon, Costco, Google,
1: when they make a mistake, they're going to cover it. So, real quick, Zappos is an online shoe store that really has got a great, Tony Shea wrote a book uh, about the whole Zappos um, process and, and journey and adventure and, and their story. They have got, actually, Shelly and I stopped in at Zappos. They do tours around their place. They have two doors in their entire facility. One is human resources, and one is a life coach. It is amazing setup. Even Tony Shea has his desk in the middle of everybody. It's, it's really a unique model. And they almost went under a number of times. But their whole idea, in a quick story, uh, someone called. Their call center. You know how many call centers have they want to have their the call be as short as possible, right? That, that more calls the better. Zappos doesn't have that. It, I don't know if it's in writing, but they they would rather have it be as long as possible. You have a customer on the phone, exclusive audience. Why are you trying to shorten that up? It's
0: gold. Every piece of information you get. It's like I tell people when you exhibit at a trade show, you get paid on the information you get, not the information you give. And yet
1: everyone's like, here, take this. Look what we have. Look what we... They had a call into their call center that took eight hours. The person just wanted to talk. This is shoes? They didn't talk about shoes necessarily. This person just needed to have a conversation. They also had a call. Was that uh, the Zappos suicide prevention line? Well, it was that maybe that night uh, they had a call about uh, where is the best place around you know Las Vegas that I can get a pizza. Person on Zappos looking up on the computer. You can try this. It's that's taking customer service to a completely different level, and it's it's something that many businesses, and I would say most businesses, don't want to put that time and effort in because they don't know what their ROI is going to be, and they don't understand the lifetime value of a customer. It's its just absolutely amazing. So we're going to talk a little bit more about marketing uh, and this week's ingredients with Mark Schaefer. Um, but he wrote a terrific book, Marketing Rebellion, The Most Human Company Wins. He also created a fantastic manifesto for human-centered marketing for his book. Uh, a couple of these steps now there are 10 of them we're just going to talk about a few of them because mark and i will go into more depth on on this manifesto on thursday stop doing what your customers hate why would you do that to begin with well you
0: know it's interesting that's like for for example don't kill your customers cigarette companies kind of do that
1: well there's an exception for every (laughs) rule (laughs) i'm just saying that uh Technology should be invisible to your customer. You were done with that thought, were you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, technolo- I was in mourning. <laughs> technology. Well, there's burger companies can say the same thing. They're killing people too. Again, we don't want to go there, but love myself a good burger. <clears throat> technology, should, technology should be invisible to your customer and only used to help your company be more compassionate, receptive, fascinating, and useful. And- Many times technology is used and it's a hurdle. It's a challenge. Stay away from that. It should be invisible.
0: Totally agree. I, most of the time, somebody comes to me, they want me to build them a website to separate humans, and, and I send them away. It's not, that's not the, it's
1: not the kind of website
0: I build. So. Yeah,
1: you want to bring pe- people. are going to ultimately um, drive you or drive you away so, or drive you out of business. Uh, you can't own customers, so don't try to. It's like you can't own hashtags get rid of that idea that was just the as an aside never intercept or interrupt earn the invitation wait wait hold on yes you're interrupting <laughs> nice <laughs> Ooh, i, I was wait, ah. wait what was that last part never intercept or interrupt okay and the you got something else, don't you? The most human company wins. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well said. Oh, my gosh. This is good. All right. couple takeaways. When we talk about human-centered marketing, there are some things you can do right now, right away. One, remember who you are and with whom you're talking to. Now, if you get stuck, consider how you'd communicate a particular message or announcement to a friend or someone sitting in the same room. Your experience as a human surpasses your experience as a marketer. Stick to the basics and communicate clearly. I said communicate clearly. You did. You even pronounced the L. I did. (laughs) Not (laughs) cleary. Two, marketing is never about your why. It's about your customers' why. Always keep that in mind. Three, follow those who follow you. That is a very subtle and grassroots way to market. Now, i it's interesting. I said, follow those who follow you. I'm going to use a a Twitter example. I So many people have thousands and thousands and thousands of people who follow them, and they follow 64. That's not showing very good social etiquette. You're expecting people to follow you, but you don't want to reciprocate. It makes no sense to me. That's another podcast that isn't ooh reciprocation or twitter. Well, Twitter reciprocation, yeah. <laughs> Good, let's write that down. Yeah, I don't know if that translated. Uh, fulfill real needs. No, again, it goes back to knowing what your customers want, what their what their hot buttons are, knowing all of that. Um, prove to your customers that you're listening and that their needs actually drive your actions. And it just said it. Keep listening your customers will actually lead the way. Okay, wait, what was number three again? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now that was way back in the don't interrupt. So human-centered marketing is here for the long run. I, I'm, I'm not going to say forever. Who knows what, what's going to happen years and years and years and years. But human-centered marketing is here for the foreseeable future. And if you don't find ways to make your customers feel special and validated, you will lose them to a company that does. Multiple studies have shown that customer experience is going to be the biggest determinant of the success or failure of a business, whether that business is a major brand or a small company. Focus on your customers. Find out what they like, what they dislike, what they crave, and most importantly, what they aren't getting from your company. And then fulfill those wants and needs and build new products and services that fill an untapped niche and you'll be that much closer to long-term success. We've got a quote of the day from John C. Maxwell. People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Thanks for listening. We will see you again next week. Tired of sitting at your desk, staring at the screen, and dealing with an aching neck and back? Did you work out too hard, resulting in sore muscles? Have you been chasing your kids around the playground or helped them with homework which has led to tight muscles? If any or all of these sound familiar, let us help you return to your daily activities. Schedule a massage at ayamassagecda.com. Abandon Your Aches Massage. Relief, relax, refresh. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.